Bread with Brilliant Babes. I'm your host, Tatiana Jimenez. We're recording today in sunny Victorville, California, out of my parents' house. And this afternoon, I'm joined by Stephanie Angel. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for being here. For any first-time listeners out there, uh, our purpose here is to shed some light on everyday people doing brilliant things. I invite them into my home, cook a meal, and then we eat together and chat about their careers and how they got where they are today. So Stephanie is a realtor here in Southern California and has been helping folks buy and sell homes for over 10 years. And what I find especially interesting about what Stephanie does is that she's very active with social media. I personally am a big HGTV fan, so getting tours of the homes that are on the market via your Snapchat or Facebook or seeing the homes you're flipping is a lot of fun to watch. I guess, can you share a little uh, with us about what you currently do and your career history up until this point? Sure. Well, I'm a full-time real estate agent, a realtor here in Southern California. Mostly the high desert. This is where I've lived for since 1991. And yeah, I, I help buyers buy homes. I help sellers sell their homes and kind of everything in between. I dabble a little bit in commercial real estate. I did this year for the first time, which was kind of cool. Mm. But I mostly stick to residential. And as far as history, <laughs> history with leading up to like... Sure. Like, um, I guess, so you went to school, you got your bachelor's at Cal Baptist. Yes. Somewhere here in Southern California. Yes, so in Riverside. Yeah, Riverside, Cal Baptist University. Actually, I kind of jumped around a little bit. I I graduated from Apple Valley High School in 1998. Super, like, active and everything in school. ASB and all that good stuff. College was a definite next step for me. My parents never really pushed it on me, but I just, it was just something that I desired is to get um, higher education. And so I actually started at Biola University Mm, in La Mirada. Yeah, I did that for a year. And I was there only for a year because it was very expensive to live in the dorms. And, you know, I honestly, I felt bad for my dad getting all these loans for me to be able to go. So what I did is I came back home and I did did both uh, community college and Cal Baptist, like simultaneously, and then eventually just transferred to Cal Baptist. Wow. And then I changed so much. I changed my my major so much. I went from biology to biochem to I don't, I can't even remember how many times I changed my major. And I ended up with a liberal arts major, <laughs> of course, with an emphasis in social science. So I do have that little bit of history background. I had no clue what I was going to do. I eventually settled on, okay, I'm going to be a teacher. So I started doing my teaching credential. During that time, I met my husband, my future husband, I guess, and we decided to get married. I was uh, still going to school. My parents would not allow me to get married until I finished school. So that was one of the conditions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're not going to pay for this wedding until you get that bachelor's degree. So that was fine. I don't know how I fin- managed to finish all this in four years, but I, I finished my degree in four years while working full time as well. So I did all kinds of, I worked for the school district. I was like a bilingual paraeducator. I 
I was a gas cashier at the pilot truck stop on 395 in Atalanta. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I worked the swing shift there from 3 to 11 p.m. Oh, my gosh. And I did that for a while. I always, just always worked. And it's funny because I never thought, like, oh, I want to be, like, an entrepreneur. I want to be self-employed. I always, my dad is a civil servant, and he always pushed, like, you know, get a job with the city. Get a job with the utility company. That's stable. That's retirement. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, so that was kind of like drilled into me. And I never in a million years would have thought that I would like have a business like ever. That was never like an aspiration. But eventually I, I was getting my teaching credential. I was planning on getting married. I bought my first home at age 21. Yes, 21. My lender, he saw that I was driving from Apple Valley to Newport Beach, earning $14 an hour answering phones at a dental office wow so didn't really make sense he offered me a job he's like why don't you come and be my assistant here you know we'll teach you about the lending business and I thought oh that's so boring you know I don't want to be you know but it was $14 an hour I didn't have to drive Mm -hmm. Uh, it made sense so that's Mm -hmm. where I started in 2003 and that's where I started getting exposed to real estate Mm -hmm. this was was through that that through that method and three years after I I was um, working there as an assistant for this top producer I decided to get licensed just just to get licensed. I had no clear vision, no clear goals. I don't recommend that to not have vision or goals, but I just kind of I just kind of fell into it. Like it's it was one of those things where I mean I never thought, "Oh my gosh, I want to sell homes, you know, when I mm-hmm. when I grow up." But I saw, you know what realtors did and I thought, "Oh, that's so much fun. You know, you get to show houses and you know, I'd be happy with just doing one house a month. Like that's all I wanted to do." And that's what I did for a long time hmm. is, is, um, I started off, it was very gradual, okay. very, very gradual. Yeah. Hmm. How I got into it. And then I guess just a quick question when you get, so can you explain the difference between, uh, what a realtor is and what a real estate agent is? Yes. And actually when I said that, I thought maybe I should clarify that, but a real estate agent, a, a realtor and it's so funny. This is a pet peeve of mine, and I'm so glad you pronounce it correctly because it's realtor. A lot of people say realtor. Oh, realtor. Realtor. Yeah, realtor. <laughs> really. Um, and um, it's I'm a big grammar like spelling okay. person. But yeah, a realtor is someone that is a member of the National Association of Realtors. Um, as a as an agent, we have to adhere to a very strict code of ethics to make sure that we are doing our jobs. Ethically, professionally, we have our clients' best interests at heart. Not just our clients, but the other realtors that we work with. So we're a member of the National Association of Realtors, the California Association of Realtors, which is obviously the state level, and then we have a local association that we belong to. Okay. Um, that's a lot of dues to pay oh, <laughs> on a okay. yearly basis. But, you know, it's it's a great – there's lots of resources there, lots of guidance, Lots of services that they that they offer their members, but yeah. So if if you're you are a member of the National Association of Realtors, you're a realtor. Okay. Basically, a real estate agent, you're just got it. Yeah. And then, so you 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 function as like an independent business, but I think you real realtors typically work for brokers, right? So do you have to work for a broker, or can you just be yes. independent? Yes. Okay. No, you have to work under a broker. I'm. I'm a lowly salesperson. That's all I am. You know, a real estate agent, we just work under 
under the broker. Okay. So we have to we have to have that that covering. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to be independent, you have to become a broker yourself, and then you mm-hmm. can set up your own shop if you want. You can join a national brand, an mm-hmm. international brand. Me personally, I've been with the same broker, and we're a small like mom and pop type okay. shop. So it just we we all have the same access to like to promote and to market properties. Mm-hmm. It just depends on on the the consumer's preference. You know, sometimes they want to work with a Century 21 agent mm. or a Keller Williams agent. Okay. I have found in my business, and I, I said I've done done okay, they're more interested in the person, mm. you know. Do they click with this person? Is this person yeah. trustworthy, you know. Mm-hmm. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, it sounds like you've had quite the career uh, journey. Oh, yeah, I've been all <laughs> over the place, all over the place. Yeah. I did not know... I had no clarity for for some time. I just kind of mm-hmm. rolled with the punches. I think that was my personality. It was probably, probably part of being young, yeah. too, you yeah. know? I mean, I've always had, you know, I had my, my goals of, you know, I want to go to college. I want to do this, you know, mm-hmm. first of my family to go to college, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. But then I was like, okay, well, now what? Like, mm-hmm. what do I do now with this liberal arts degree, you know? <laughs> what do I do? So I thought, okay, I'll just, I'll be a teacher, you know? Right. Yeah. And then um, I just kind of accidentally... Mm-hmm. just fell into this industry and if it, it feels like a natural fit for you too because you you're just like you are kind of a people person I don't know if you would describe yourself that way but I think you you get along with everybody I I do and I think that's part of my success mm-hmm. is that I don't consider myself a salesperson like at all like it, yeah. it is a salesy job but I never ever like try to oh, you need to buy this house or yeah. or you need to sell this house. Or, you know, I, I meet my client and I look at their needs and I always, always, always put myself in their position mm-hmm. and then try to just give them advice and guidance. Totally. And that's all I do. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, you know, when my parents were looking to buy a house, we would go with agents and they, you know, they kind of had their like pitches and mm-hmm. things like, imagine yourself in this house, oh, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, you know, my thing right now is I can't afford to buy property where I live in San Francisco. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about buying a, buying a vacation home as my first home. And we went to look at places at like cabins and stuff. And I, I really loved your style, how we would like walk in mm-hmm. and you would just kind of like hang out. Yeah. And just let us explore. And then you'd like point stuff out. Mm-hmm. But it was just like really no easy pressure. going. Yeah. It's just Good. like, here's a house. <laughs> look at it. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I do. Like, I don't try to cover like the obvious. Like, it's by the train tracks and I won't, you know, of course I'm going to disclose that. Mm-hmm. Or I let people kind of explore it on their own like you Mm -hmm. said just I don't have to point out the kitchen you know what a kitchen looks like you know you know you know what a living room is you know what a fireplace is so I kind of let you make your own determination of okay I like this house or no I don't yeah I can't convince somebody to like a house you know for sure and then also just for listeners who don't live in California we've mentioned the high desert a couple times and also Victorville which I mentioned in opening but the high desert is basically in San Bernardino County kind of like an hour away from Los Angeles on the way to Vegas that's how most people know it so we're yeah we're like we we call it a town, but it's actually there are a lot of people here. Yeah. I think the city of Victorville has over one hundred and twenty thousand people. Yes. So, yeah, so we're like a desert, very large desert, very large desert. Yes, I think yeah. we're at like three hundred plus of oh, wow. people with the three cities: yeah. mm-hmm. Victorville, Hesperia, and 
uh, Apple Valley and some surrounding communities too, some mountain yeah. communities. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a big place. Yes. the moment that you felt that you broke into your industry or role I know that you mentioned that that one agent that sold you a house I think recognized that you were commuting a long time to do your other job and was like hey be my assistant so I don't know if it would be that person or maybe when you were more senior in your in your role like when when do you feel like you've broken yes I was very senior when I (laughs) when I broke into that role mostly because I I had a lot on my plate. I, I was, I am a wife and mother. And so, you know, this day and age, you kind of need two incomes Mm -hmm. in the household, you know, when you're raising a family and you've got a mortgage and these things. So I did, I I worked full time from 2003 up until April of 2015. I did a loan loan work, loan processing mm. for mortgage loans. So it was, it was still within the same industry, but it was more of like a, it was like a, you know, nine to five behind the desk kind of job. Mm-hmm. And just, but I learned so, so, so much from my boss at that time. I was with him for seven years. And it's funny that you mentioned, um, you know, how I get along with, because everyone asked me, how could you work for him <laughs> for seven years? He's extremely driven, like, top producing uh, loan agent up here in the high desert. A lot of people found it difficult to work with him. Mm. And I found it pretty relatively easy. I I know how to handle, you know, Mm -hmm. people that have strong personalities or have their own set, they're set in their ways and how they do things. And so, so all of that I think was training ground for me to be the agent that I think I am or becoming now. But when I actually broke into it is I would say when I went full time, mm-hmm. which was April of 2015 when I finally decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I was doing both, which I have no idea how I did it because I had a full time job after work. I had to pick up the kids from school or sometimes, I mean, even back then there were still babies. So I had, you know, baby stuff to do with diapers and mm-hmm. formula and up all night and doing all these things. But I would focus my time off after you know five o'clock I would go show property on the weekends I'd show property on holidays I'd show property that's when people have the most availability because Mm -hmm. that's not when they're working so I would I mean I was working a lot 24 7 full-time so when I finally made the decision where when it became overwhelming to have my full-time job and also do real estate I made the decision to go full-time and dedicate all of my time to to my real estate business and that's when it just I mean I my income tripled from when I was doing both you know the, the full-time mm-hmm. job and the part-time real estate agent I, I I think my income yeah my year to date like tripled by the end of the year it was crazy wow. like just to see oh how gosh. much like it exploded just because mm-hmm. I I chose to I was just too chicken to do it mm-hmm. because I was addicted or I was so dependent on that salary and yeah. you know salary, and it wasn't even that much but yeah. But I, you know, it was that consistency and I, you know, and it was also that thing that was drilled into my head that, you know, I need a consistent job, you know, a good company, yeah. a solid company, not go out. I, the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, I can't say that word, um, spirit wasn't really 
it was in me, but it, it was never like cultivated. Mm-hmm. So, so I had that fear for a long time. Yeah. And also, like you mentioned earlier, where we don't have a lot of entrepreneurs in our family. No, we don't. And so that's not really the norm. So we don't, we kind of don't have like a case study to go off of, of like what happens when you become an entrepreneur. Is, <laughs> yes. Is it, yes. Yeah, are we going to be successful? We don't know. Right. right. So, right. yeah. So yeah, you're works. that example. For, yeah. For yeah. So. Now I, I'm, I was the guinea pig and, yeah. um, you know what? It wasn't clear cut success though. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I can talk about that a little bit later, but you know, it wasn't like one day I woke up and said, Oh, I'm going to go full time and be self-employed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a process and it, there were many failures, you know, before that to, to reach mm-hmm. that decision to, to, to go full time. And we're going to get into that later. Yes. <laughs> and also a quick disclaimer for our listeners, since I just mentioned our family, um, Stephanie is my cousin. Yes. So uh, yeah, nepotism <laughs> alert. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I guess along along the road, you've so you've mentioned uh, again the the first person person you worked for. Did you have a mentor along the way? It, it doesn't have to be that person, I guess. And then, are you a mentor to others now? Like I, I think recently you posted on Facebook that you're looking for an assistant. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be an opportunity for you to mentor someone else. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think on your first episode, this was probably the question that you asked Melissa mm-hmm. and where I, I related to her so much because she was like kind of sad or upset that she didn't have a mentor. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really have someone take me under their wing and say, Hey, you know, you're doing great or, you know, you suck at this. You need to do this. Someone to keep me accountable. I didn't really have that. Sure, I had some. I had some bosses that helped. I had um, my broker that trained me was amazing. He was very, very like by the book and very straightforward. He was excellent. I mean, I, I learned a lot from him too. But like a woman mentor or anything like that. No, I'm so I'm bummed out too. Actually, that I didn't really have anybody. I did have a couple of people not in the business, but that were successful business owners really, really encourage me to let go of my full-time job Mm -hmm. and just go do it. And, you know, these are people that had been through it and they would just tell me like, what are you doing? Like you're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. You know, you're so good. And just trying to give me the confidence that I needed to take that leap of faith. And so those two people were very instrumental and I'm thinking like they were all males. So mm-hmm. I am so excited. I am looking for an That's assistant. Great. And actually, I just talked to um, somebody today. Okay. And um, I'm really excited because she's a young lady that she has an interest in like interior design and that's going to help me for the other things that I do with my listings and staging and everything like that. And I, I think it's going to be, I I would love to mentor somebody and and kind of show them the ropes and what to do and what not to do what to, I wish somebody would have done that for me, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but it's okay because it's all experience, Mm -hmm. you know, great experience. Yeah. You've uh, kind of alluded to this earlier, but what, what was your biggest career obstacle so far slash shittiest moment? Oh my gosh. There have been so many like downs. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this job and any, any real estate agent is going to tell you this job is a roller coaster. I mean, even during the day, like you'll get a phone call in the morning 
that, you know, one of your listings got broken into or your listing is about to expire and you have to tell your, your seller that, you know, you didn't sell their house. And then you get, you know, an accepted offer and then you get a new listing and then you hear that your pre-approved buyer that you thought was pre-approved, you know, quit their job and you're in the middle of escrow. And so, I mean, it's up and down all the time. But I would say, I mean, as far as obstacles, the, the, the most horrid moments, I try to go full time three different times. So mm-hmm. I had a job and then I would say, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to do this. I have three deals in the pipeline and I'm going to full force forward and I'd quit my job and then start. And then guess what? My deals fell apart. I had no reserves. Mm-hmm. I have bills to pay. So guess what? Here I go back to my full-time mm-hmm. job. So that happened twice. So on the third try, this was with the, the mentorship that I had at that time. I decided to be smart about it and not as emotional and spontaneous, even though all those things are great. If you want to be a business owner, I think you have to have some level of, you do have to be a risk taker for sure, mm-hmm. but you have to have a plan too. And that's what I did is I set aside, um, I started setting aside money and I said, okay, I need six months, like solid. I was shooting for a year because I'm just conservative that way. But I said, okay, six months of like mortgage and bill payments in the bank, and then I'll go full-time. That's smart. So that's what I did, and I quit on April 15th, 2015, and it was like the best decision I ever made. But there, like I said, there were a lot of failures and a lot of self-doubt, mm-hmm. you know, during that time because you're thinking you're like, okay, I know how to do this. I'm good. I know I'm good at it, so let's just do it. But I had no, no structure and no plan. Mm-hmm. no organization and 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 making these these huge decisions to go go full time. So if anybody out there is thinking of going uh becoming self-employed, starting their own business, just I highly recommend that you have some reserves yeah. to pay your bills because as romantic and as exciting as that sounds to just quit your job and walk out the door and like change lives after that because of all this passion you have inside for for your business or what you want to do, reality kicks in real fast mm-hmm. and you need to have a plan and you need to have some savings. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one recommendation. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. All right. So I guess contrary to that, what so far has been your biggest opportunity or your best moment? Hmm. Okay. My biggest opportunity. Oh man. I've so many, so many, but I think I would say my, my best moment I think the moment when I felt like validated, I think, or confident, like thinking, okay, I'm on the right track. I'm doing what I'm doing. This is my thing. Mm -hmm. And that was when I got a referral from a great past client of mine for a property on Riverside Drive, which is fancy, fancy for those that live in Apple Valley. Um, (laughs) It's like the Rodeo Drive of... um, of Apple Valley. I was so excited. It wasn't even like a, you know, million dollar. I still have yet to this day, I've never listed a million dollar deal, but that's my goal. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was an opportunity for me. These were very savvy sellers and I was excited to have even have this opportunity to list this, this property for, for these, these potential clients. So I worked my butt off. Anybody that knows me, I do, I, I'm successful at what I do, but it takes a lot of effort. It doesn't, it's not effortless for me. I have to really study. I have to really 
work at things to to get the results that I want I have very high standards mm-hmm. for myself and and for the service that I put forth and so I dedicate a lot of time and energy and effort it doesn't come easy I remember growing up my brother he would he didn't have to study he didn't have to do home I mean it just came so easy to him like he'd oh, get wow. he'd get mm-hmm. you know probably B's and C's I don't know Ruben if you're listening to this but I'm pretty sure you're a C student <laughs> but um you know and I worked my butt off for those B pluses that I got you sure. know what I mean yeah so I'm talking like pulling all-nighters and just if everything it's not effortless effortless we have mm-hmm. to put put forth a lot of, of work so so that's what I did with this listing I poured I researched and I made sure I covered everything my presentation was like amazing like on point and I was so excited because I went to their home and I did this presentation and, you know, being the savvy sellers that they were, I knew that they were going to be interviewing other Mm. agents. Mm -hmm. And the amazing thing is that I got a call right after and they decided like, oh, we're not going to interview any other agents. We're just going to go with you. So that was like, oh my God, like I was crying and so like excited because I got this (laughs) listing. So I think just, I know it's like super small compared to like other opportunities that I've had but Mm -hmm. that moment there I just felt so good and Mm -hmm. so happy and so just boosted my my confidence totally yeah because it's things like that that help you once you've I guess reached the next level you're like okay now that's like the norm for me so it's no longer intimidating yes yes yeah it it makes it a little bit easier to reach even higher and stuff right so good for you thank you thank you I was happy So on this show, I'd also like to highlight what I call hidden talents. So things that are significant to our lives that we might not add to our resumes or are necessarily work-related. And um, you've mentioned that you are married and you have kids and your husband happens to be a pastor. And I know that you're also involved with your church and you just went through new rebranding. The church is called New Beginning Christian Center. So did you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. It's it's a big part of my life. New Beginning Christian Center is a very outreach-oriented church. We just moved this this year, actually. My husband's father was the senior pastor for New Beginning Christian Center. They were in the downtown Victorville area on mm-hmm. the corner of 6th and C Street, which is a very poverty-stricken area, very uh, rough neighborhood. And New Beginning Christian Center had been there for over 25 years, feeding the homeless, giving shelter, had women's homes, men's homes, things like that. Mm-hmm. When my father-in-law became sick, my my husband took a more active role in the church there, and he's now the senior pastor. And uh, we've actually made some some changes one biggest change is moving out of the area and into a different location. We're trying to attract more people, more families. It was a little bit difficult to do that because of the neighborhood that we were in. Mm-hmm. So so we just wanted to do something different and venture out into another city. So uh, we did sell the building. It was actually the old El Rancho Theater. It was like the first uh, movie theater up here. Planet of the Apes Whoa. like aired there and oh or uh, premiered there. Uh-huh. And yeah, there's some cool like historical features to that building. But we sold that building, bought a new building in Hisbury, and we're in the process of getting that place set up and rebranding and just trying to make some some cool changes and modernize. And you know, it's it's really exciting. It's it's mm-hmm. different. It's 
a lot different from what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. with the with the real estate but nonetheless it's very exciting to see where this is gonna lead we'll dive into some listener questions okay. that we have. Surprisingly, I thought we were going to get more questions about like financial advice <laughs> for buyers, but we don't really have any of those. So, That's um, boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess just to, to start, to kick it off, uh, what kind of education do you need to get um, or qualifications do you need to become a real estate agent? You don't have to have a college degree. You just have to, you have to take some courses Mm -hmm. and then you take a state exam and then you're an agent. (laughs) There's not much to it, honestly, Um, but there should be. I mean, the, the, the exam is, I've known people that have taken it 10 times and they haven't passed it. And then, and then I've known people that on the first try have passed it. My dad actually just took his exam and Uh passed it so I'm really excited about that he's gonna be helping me (laughs) yeah yeah so I'm super proud of him he's like he was so like disciplined and I mean he was hitting those books man that's great (laughs) and then I guess speaking of your dad um this this question is asking is there a typical like demographic of real estate agent in this area that you think does really well like is is are there benefits to being like an older agent or a younger agent or have you have you noticed anything in your experience about like people who do better than others hmm that's a good question (laughs) I can tell you that I've done deals where I don't think I've ever spoken to the person Hmm. except maybe in the beginning, like when I show them the property and I have to because we're physically there at the home and obviously you're going to talk, but everything has been like texting and email, text, Mm. email, text, email. And I kind of, I work with a few different lenders. And so I try to match them up with the lender. Like for instance, if I have an older client that I know maybe they're not as tech savvy, they don't have an email address because I do have a lot of clients that, you know, do not have an email address, you know, I'll hook them up with the lender that is going to be more of a face-to-face person. So mm-hmm. like they can walk into their office and get, you know, service that way. Whereas then I have lenders that prefer that work better with, with email and, and texting and things like that. And it just depends on the client, you know, what, what they prefer. Okay. I do know, I mean, like I, I service, you know, 80 year old clients. I have, I have an 80 year old Mrs. Aguilar. I love her to death. She's the sweetest lady. And she, she'll text me like she's, Mm -hmm. you know, in her eighties and she's like, Hey, how about this house? And I text her back and I love it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. And then I have those that I go to their homes and we do everything face to face in their Mm -hmm. living room, you know? So, but which ones do better? Uh, I think they both do well. It's just going to depend on what, Mm -hmm. what your client prefers. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Here's a, here's an interesting, I was going to say a fun question, but it's not really (laughs) fun unless you're very morbid. Do you... Do you find it easy to tell your clients someone died in this home? Oh, man. Someone died in the home. That's like, I cringe when I hear that because mm. you have to, by law, disclose deaths in the home only if they occurred within the last three years. 
Um, so anything past that you don't have to disclose. I always tell my people up front. I never try to like, oh, I'll tell them later, you know, when we're deep in escrow and they're getting excited and then, because you never know. Some people get the heebie-jeebies about it. Some mm-hmm. people don't care. You know, I've had somewhere, you know, there's been suicides, murders. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one story. It, this just happened recently, actually. I represented the seller. We did our disclosures as required by California state law, you know, regarding real estate. And when you're selling a home, you have to disclose, like, that's the number one thing. Like, anything, any floods, any break-ins, any insurance claims, everything. You have to disclose all that. So... The question is very clear. Has anyone died in the home in the last three years? The answer was no. Sold the home, closed the deal. I got a call about two days later after the buyers had moved in, the new owners, and I get a call saying, why didn't you tell me that there was a murder in this home? And I thought, oh my gosh, what in the world? The neighbor had gone over to their home and let them know, hey, you know, someone was killed here. And, you know, I just thought, I don't know if it was disclosed to you or not. So I'm freaking out because I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get sued. I quickly Googled the address and murder and ta-da, there it was. There was a murder there. But luckily, not luckily, but it was past the three-year, like, statute of limitations mm-hmm. or whatever. But that was that was, that was was kind of an, a weird situation because I felt bad the owners were an elderly Hispanic couple, mm-hmm. and I totally would have told them had I known, but we weren't required to. But, yeah, I mean, that that happens. Yeah. I've had several situations where, you know, there's a death there, and some people are okay with it, and some mm-hmm. people are like, no way, let's get out of here. Yeah, I don't know. I live in a super old building. <laughs> My building was built in 1930, and it's an apartment building with, like, 90 units. Oh, my. And, I mean, I've definitely had neighbors – I've had neighbors who are not there anymore. There are a lot of elderly people who live in my building. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, mean, it's just just a part of... Natural cause deaths. Yeah, it's just a part of life. I mean, I've had situations where I'm not a big, like, supernatural person, but, like, you walk in and there's just, like, a really weird vibe. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. you hear doors, like, closing and and we're like, okay, we need to get out of here. But... But that's, I mean, that's rare. Yeah. Not too common. (laughs) Not too many haunted houses. So along those lines, this next question, uh, this listener asks, can you describe your weirdest client, either buyer or seller? My weirdest client? Um, okay, this well, he was a potential client. I get along with everybody, and I tend to find something in common with everybody, and we hit it off, and they'll become my client. But there's... This is funny because this was actually on your sister's house. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, in Apple Valley. Oh, okay. Um, I don't I might have told you. I don't know. I had an open house and at, at, at her place, I was selling, selling Christina's home in Apple Valley and had an open house and there was a neighbor and that's very common, you know, the nosy neighbors, they want to come over <laughs> and look at the house and Eat the see free what snacks. the Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, see what, you know, goodies are, are there, what, what they can eat or, or look at or whatever. So the neighbor came over and he's, you know, he was pretty friendly. He was talking and just a, a big talker, just lots of talking, talking, talking. And, um, he left and then, and then he came back with like two pit bulls <laughs> he walked into the house and I was like, um, 
I told him, you know, try to be as professional and as courteous as possible. Like, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to have the dogs. Like, what if some kids come in here or whatever? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. It's fine. So then he left. And then he came back without the dogs, but with a six-pack of beer. <laughs> he came with a six-pack of beer. Oh, yeah. And, um, but what really freaked me out is um, he when he walked in, he closed the door and he locked it. So that was like, okay, red flag. Because mm-hmm. honestly, um, and I, I'm such a trust trusting person. Like, I don't think people, like, I try to find the good in everybody. And, mm-hmm. but I put myself in some really, really weird situations where I shouldn't have, you know, mm-hmm. gone, you know, to that person's house or just walked into a house, random house and have people that I don't know, like follow me around. It's, it, I put myself in some weird situations. So this quickly became a weird situation. Yeah. So what I did is I shut the open house down. I just said, you know, I'm closing and I closed early. I called my dad, I called my husband and he, he was probably just a weirdo, you know, yeah. but locking the door kind of like freaked yeah. me out. Mm-hmm. So, um, he was weird. That guy mm-hmm. was weird. Luckily I never had to, I mean, it, you know, nothing, nothing happened. Thank God. But. Yeah. I never thought about that. Like, do you carry like pepper spray with you? I do. Okay. I do. I have pepper spray. I have a, like a taser nice. gun thing. I don't even know how to use it, but I have one. <laughs> I have one. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, especially up here in the height, people tell me, oh, you, you need to get your concealed carry. I'm not a big, like, I don't, I would not know what to do, like, with a gun. I don't mm-hmm. even know where I would keep it or hold it, like, on my body. But, um, but you know, those are things you have to be mm-hmm. concerned with. Like yeah. I said, I've done some, I put myself in some predicaments where I'm like, okay, this can get really bad really fast, and mm-hmm. I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And thank God I do. You just have to be aware of those things. Yeah. And then our, our last uh, listener question is, if you weren't working in real estate, whether what other types of work would you pursue or be interested in? Okay, well, I, in high school, I was on the, oh gosh, I don't even know what it was called. It was like a debate club. It was the Junior Statesman of America or something like that. And I became really interested in immigration policies and things like that, and I really wanted to be an immigration lawyer and I still like dream about it sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, 37 and eh, I don't don't know about that, (laughs) but that's just, that's always been a passion of mine is, you know, defending even like just helping people get their visas and, and be able to stay in the country and Mm -hmm. help them. Cause I know so many immigrants, my mom's an immigrant Mm -hmm. and they're you know they have they have really virtuous intentions in coming to the country and mm-hmm. and just helping them it just takes so long you know for them to mm-hmm. come here legally so I don't even, I mean I don't even know it's just some lofty idea that I have yeah. that I could like help people that's great that. yeah I don't know I love that well you're gonna love I think it's gonna be episode nine oh, <laughs> plug plug we interview an immigration attorney that is awesome. <laughs> Oh my so gosh, I want to meet her or him. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's her. It's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's Rocio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the listeners will meet her as well. Awesome. <laughs> um, I guess we'll, we'll kind of close out the show with um, the last question I like to ask guests. What are you looking forward to this, uh, to this week? And it doesn't have to be like work related. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am looking forward to taking a little break from the phone calls and the 
and the business and we're heading out to Vegas for a couple of days nice. with the family. Mm-hmm. So we want to watch a show. I think it's, I don't know what it's, it's the Michael Jackson one. Have you seen it? Oh, is it the Cirque du Soleil? Yeah, I think okay. it's called One. Mm-hmm. I think it's called One. Yeah. I haven't seen it. My boys are huge Michael Jackson oh, really? fans. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> they're going to love it. And um, I'm going to love, yeah, just hanging out um someone told me there's a cactus garden out there have you heard it's called Mm -hmm. ethylem's cactus garden Mm -hmm. and they decorate it for christmas oh that's cool you drive through it and yeah so i'm excited that's what i'm looking forward to this week that's great what are you looking forward to oh my gosh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i think actually i'm doing an interview tomorrow for the podcast in la i'm interviewing a friend and then new year's eve i think i'm hanging out with my sisters so that should be fun School. that stuff and then staying up here in the ville mm-hmm. yeah and then flying back okay back to my tiny apartment cool <laughs> which i've never been to yeah you'll have to come by <laughs> So, Stephanie, before we end the show, um, is there anything you'd like to plug, like anywhere online where people can find you and follow along? Oh, sure. I have a, um, I do have a Facebook page. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as well, but uh, Stephanie Angel Real Estate is my Facebook page and also my Snapchat. Yeah, we'll put all of the links on the um, the episode page on the website. Okay, so perfect. That'll be yeah, easier for follow everyone. Me there. Cool. All right, great. Well, Stephanie, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I had a great time. All right. So to learn more about Stephanie, her adventures in real estate, and other topics we've covered on the episode, head over to our website, brilliantbabespodcast.com, where you can also listen to previous episodes, check out our event calendar, and get the recipes for the dishes we make for each episode. Today's recipe was Rasta Salad. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Take care, everyone.